What's up, Buffalonians? It's your boy, Nick English. If you want the facts, the stats, and all the sports info in the 716, you have come to the right place. This is English Encore, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. I'm your host, Nick English. Appreciate everyone who's been tuning in, showing me support on the Spotify podcast. Haven't done so already, please go ahead and give my podcast page on Instagram a follow. It's at English Encore Podcast, all one word. I'll be doing a giveaway in a little over a week of a jersey, so be sure to tune in for that. Um, unfortunately, I had to postpone my live session. It was going to be happening today with Matt Bovey from Channel 7. Our times kind of just um, didn't work out. We both had some things come up, so I'm going to be rescheduling with him um, next week to do some Sabres hockey talk. So keep an eye out for that. I apologize once again. Appreciate you guys all understanding. I'm going to do my best to try to get another guest as well. Have a, you know, another double weekend. No promises on that, but I'm going to try. Um, it's been getting progressively harder with everything going on. You know, sports starting back up. Players are getting back in season. So it's a little bit tougher to get a hold of some people, but I'm going to continue to um, try to get some great people on to keep giving you guys some great content. As long as you keep showing support, I greatly appreciate it. Today, I'm going to be talking about the Buffalo Bisons as it was announced that the Toronto Blue Jays will not be playing in Toronto this year. Um, the government there is not willing to let them have any games because you know they're doing a great job of not having really any COVID cases whatsoever. They're not really opening up the borders, so it'd be really difficult to make things work. Some talk about how Buffalo is an ideal spot for them. Be continuing my list from last week of one free agent from each team that the Sabres should sign this offseason. And finally, we're talking about the big news over this past week with the Bills and that they're ending their agreement with New Era as their naming rights for the stadium. So I'll be digging into that. I'll be starting off with the Buffalo Bisons. So it was announced last week, excuse me, earlier this week that the Blue Jays will not be playing in Toronto. The government there is not going to allow it. So the really two options for the Blue Jays was in Dundee, which is in Florida, and then in Buffalo where their AAA team plays in the Bisons. So this actually just this morning from John Heyman, who is an insider at MLB Network. He also works for WFAN 660 in New York City and is a co-host for Big Time Baseball. Um, he's one of the most prominent um, baseball reporters in today. In regards to um, the Blue Jays, it was actually reported yesterday. They were looking into playing in Pittsburgh at PNC Park. So this is what he had to say today. These are his exact word-for-word -word tweets. While Buffalo and Dunedin are open to the, for the Jays to play, there are issues with Buffalo as the stadium. With Dundee, it's the heat, Florida rain, and COVID spike. So Jays are looking at MOE parks and investigating which teams have few scheduling conflicts on it. Here's why Buff the Buffalo Stadium is an issue for Jays games. The lights are seen as insufficient, and clubhouses are not only not what major leaguers are accustomed to, but more importantly, a problem for physical distancing purposes. So once again, that's John Heyman, MLB analyst um, for Insider MLB Network. So Dundee is, I think, almost out of the question because of the amount of COVID cases that have been going on down in the Florida area. I just think with all the other teams that are already down there as well between, you know, the Marlins and, you know, the Miami Dolphins, Miami Heat, 
everything going on with the NBA bubble down there as well in Orlando. I just think there's so much going on in Florida that it wouldn't be the most ideal situation for the Blue Jays to go down there. Buffalo makes a ton of sense just because it is the largest minor league ballpark in AAA. You know, like I mentioned before, their farm club AAA team is the Bisons, so they already have players that have been accustomed to playing there. So as far as the report goes that I just mentioned, I don't quite see the huge issue with the Bison Stadium. I know there was talks about the facilities not being up to the par what they need to for training. As far as the actual stadium goes, um, lighting, I guess, could be an issue. I don't know if you could do anything to help fix that. You know, there's not going to be fans, so distancing themselves as far as the locker room, there's got to be a way you can figure that out. Um, Obviously, you can't just brush it off to the side. It is going to be a smaller locker room than the players are accustomed to. However, it's something you just got to make work with everything going on. And then, as I mentioned before, you guys got, you know, the Blue Jays being a very young team, Bo Bichette, Vladdy, all these guys have all played for the Bisons before, so it's not like they've never played in that stadium. It's not like they aren't accustomed to that locker room. Rowdy Telez, another guy. So they have a lot of young players that easily be able to adjust. And then the other thing is you have to take into account you have a hotel right next to the stadium above Harbor Center where the players can stay at and um, their opponents can stay at, which is where the Sabres and Bandits' opponents stay when usually they come and play us in Buffalo you have the Harbor Center and Key Bank Center really to use for facilities as far as training goes. You could probably use Key Bank Center once you convert the ice over to, you know, a hard playing surface or even grass turf like um, the Bandits use. You could use that for training. There's just a lot of things within 5-10 minute walking distance that'll help out the Blue Jays immensely. So I think it's going to be very difficult for them to, you know, go out and play at another MLB team's park. I know they mentioned PNC, but you have to make sure that all of those games are lined up, that you're not playing on the same day as them, or if you are, you have to do it within different time frames. I just feel it would be super difficult. The mayor of Buffalo, Byron Brown, um, Mark Polencars, um, another local official, have already given the okay that they want to have the Blue Jays here. It's really all working out the details. Uh, my guess is that the Blue Jays are going to explore playing at other MLB fields. And if that isn't to work out, I think Buffalo is going to be their number one option. Definitely going to be interesting to see. But I think overall, I think it would be a great thing for the city of Buffalo. And I think it would be good for, you know, exposure uh, that we could host an MLB team if we needed to. And I think Buffalo is a great sports city in general. So I think it would work out great for the players as well. Um, moving on to the Sabres. So last week I started doing a list of players from each team. Um, that's going to be a free agent and one player that the Sabres should sign from each of them. So I'm continuing my list from last week. Starting off with the Dallas Stars. I think the Sabres should go after Anton Godobin, goaltender, on a three-year, $8 million deal. He's an 11-year vet. He went 16-8-4 last year, so a really good bounce back year. He set a career high in save percentage at 930. He only had a 2.22 goals against average as well. And I think he's an immediate upgrade over Carter Hutton. Um, more experience than Hutton and gives you more of a chance to win games when Allmark isn't playing. Gives you time to continue to develop 
Uka Pekalukanen. And if for some reason Allmark doesn't re-sign or something happens with the expansion draft, I think Udoba will be a good veteran to bring in a guy that's capable of playing, you know, 30, 40 games per year if you need to. So I think that'd be a good signing for them. The Detroit Red Wings is very hard. They didn't have a lot of, you know, really overwhelmingly good free agents or restricted free agents. So I just picked Trevor Daly. There wasn't a huge reason for it. Um, he hasn't really played a ton of games over the past few years, but um, I had him signing on a one-year, $2 million deal. He's a depth defenseman, good leader for the locker room. Um, he probably isn't going to be a guy that plays every single night, but when you have to give a guy like Rasmus Dahlin, Henry Okiara one or two games off just for maintenance, whatever it may be, he wouldn't be a terrible guy to throw in the lineup. Um, and then as I continue down this list here, you're going to see a lot of names who have been rumored with the Sabres as well. I'm um, starting with Edmonton Oilers, Ryan Nugent Hopkins signing a four-year, $27 million deal. He scored 20-plus goals each of the last three years, including 22 goals, 39 assists this season for 61 points, plus one. Immediately slots in at the number two center role right behind Jack Eichel and would be a great fit for us. You could would allow the Sabres to really break Reinhardt away from him as well. Put him with Nugent Hopkins. Put Skinner back up with Eichel and get the most you know bang for your buck as far as the offensive production goes. Florida Panthers, Mike Hoffman, another name that's been rumored around the Sabres for the past few years at the trade deadline. Plays center and left wing. Would definitely be playing center for the Sabres. Have him signing a three-year, $16 million deal. He had 29 goals, 30 assists this year for 59 points. He had 36 goals last year, and he's had 22-plus goals each year since 2014. So a guy that would, again, immediately step into that number two center role, give you the production you need. You know, with the Sabres, unless Jack Eichel, Jeff Skinner, those guys are scoring every single game, you weren't getting the depth scoring that you needed. So bringing in a guy like Hoffman, who's been in the league for a while, has been a known, proven goal scorer, would be immediate help for the Sabres up front allow Dylan Cousins to slot in at that third center spot or even Casey Middlestat if they keep him around. Obviously, a lot of trade rumors around him. I've talked about that on previous episodes. But let these young guys continue to develop while also getting that immediate scoring help that you need on your second line. Uh, LA Kings, Ben Hutton, defenseman, three-year, $6.5 million deal. Four goals, 12 assists this past year. He's a guy that isn't going to, you know, wow you offensively. He'll put up 15 to 25 points for you each and every year. The thing I love about Hutton is that he's not going to kill you in your own, and he's very sound defensively. He's definitely more of a defensive defenseman. You know, Rasmus Dahlin's more of an offensive-minded defenseman. Hutton's more of the, you know, typical D-man. He's going to get the puck in and out of the zone very quickly. Um, could probably play some power play two minutes as well. Um Definitely has a great shot, but um, definitely think gives you the option of adding him to your second or third pairing. Also, we don't know what's going to happen with Brandon Montour, so he'd be a nice guy that could plug in and fill that role if he decides to move on or the Sabres don't end up re-signing him. For the Minnesota Wild, Alex Galchenyak, another guy that Bottle had been rumored to want to try to get because of his time with the Penguins. I have them signing him to a two-year, $9.5 million deal. He's kind of been a very up-and-down player over the course of his career, but he definitely gives you more depth at that center position, especially on lines three and four. He probably could play some line two minutes if absolutely needed to, but I think he'd slot into a perfect line three center role 
And if you did that, you wouldn't necessarily have to rush Dylan Cousins, which I feel like they are kind of right now because of their lack of um, center um, centers on the roster. He did have eight goals, 16 assists this year. Um, last year before that, he had double-digit goals. So a guy that's proven that he can put up 10-plus goals, and I think that's exactly what the Sabres need, especially on the third, fourth line where you haven't been getting it from the Johan Larsons, Casey Middlestats of the world. For the Montreal Canadiens, I had the Sabres offer sheeting Max Domi to a five-year, $25 million contract, 17 goals, 27 assists for 44 points this past season. A little bit of a down year from what people expected from him. He had 72 points the previous year. Just has incredible upside, and it's also a chance for you to force Montreal's hand if they want to match that when they're already kind of cap tied and they don't have a lot of prospects as is in their system. Cole Caulfield's still probably a year or two away. So if you could take him away and add more scoring up front, he's a left winger, so he'd probably slot in on that first line with Jack Eichel, or you'd move into the center or second line role with Sam Reinhart and keep Skinner on that top line. And then you'd probably have Marcus Johansson um, slotting into that center two role or Dylan Cousins potentially, as I keep mentioning. Um, and then from the finally, from the Nashville Predators, Mikel Granlin, another center. As you can see the trend with this, the Sabres are so desperate up the middle. A lot of these guys would be perfect ideal role fits for the second, third line role at center for them. So I have them signing him to a two-year, $12.6 million deal. Great veteran guy to bring in to a locker room where you haven't seen a lot of winning. He's been to Stanley Cup before. Um, he's been in the playoffs multiple times. Um, very good this year with the Predators. Um, a little bit of a down year, but still had 17 goals, 44 points. Um, and he's had 44 points every single season um, since the 2015-16 season. So a guy that's a proven 40-point guy, which is exactly what you need as a depth scorer. And like I've been talking about pretty much with all these guys, the Sabres really just need to add depth. When you look at you know their top three guys, four guys offensively, and then your defensive pair, you have Rasmus Dahlin and Henry Oki already. So your top defensive pair or top two defensive lines are pretty much set. You have Jack Eichel, Sam Reinhart, Olipson, and Skinner. Those are your top four, you know, young guns, guys that are going to produce for you at a very extremely high level. Obviously, you have to re-sign Reinhardt Olipson, which I think they will do. And then you look at lines three and four, and then outside of, you know, Skinner or Olipson on the second line, you really don't have any scoring help. Marks Johansson had a little bit of a down year this year. Isn't a guy that's going to wow you and put up 50, 60 points, which you could really use from a second line guy. Like you could probably get from a Nugent Hopkins, um, a Granlin, a Domi, a Hoffman, any of those guys. And then goaltending is the other big question mark. So Godobin, I think, would actually be a huge signing if they can move Hutton for a late round pick or, you know, just cut him completely and just end up paying whatever it is and buy out. Um, so I'll continue that list next Monday. And then finally, the big news from the Buffalo Bills. This past week was that they are ending their deal with New Era. So they were only in year three of a seven-year deal, which is approximately $35 million. Um, this really comes after um, some controversy after, you know, New Era has been really struggling with COVID and the company's been suffering financially drastically and they've had to cut nearly 70% of its 600 total employees 
since March. Um, Mark Polencars um, gave his thoughts. Uh, he's the Erie County Executive that he's disappointed with New Era for you know the amount of people that have given back specifically to New Era in this community. Um, so a lot of people are very frustrated with New Era and Pagula to that extent. The official statement from the Bills was that the Buffalo Bills and New Era cap company jointly announced that New Era has asked to be released from their naming rights and sponsorship deal with the Bills. The Bills and New Era are currently negotiating the details of the separation, and the Bills are beginning the process of pursuing a new naming rights partner for the stadium. So stadium naming rights are always tough. You look around the NFL specifically, there's only three teams that actually don't have naming rights. For their stadiums, the Chicago Bears, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Green Bay Packers. So it'll be interesting to see who the Bills try to get next. With COVID going on, obviously a lot of you know places that want to get naming rights have to be financially stable. And New Era obviously wasn't. It's just very odd because they're like I said, they're only three years into a deal. But with all the financial cuts, you could see why. Um, this move was made and it was kind of easy to see coming once they let go 125 people specifically from just the Buffalo, um, you know, branch where it's pretty much one of the headquarters for new era. So that was pretty, um, pretty bad to see. Obviously we can't really, you know, judge new era. We don't know what's really going on with them financially, but cutting loose so many people obviously isn't the greatest of looks, um, compared to other companies. So it'd be very interesting to see what the bills do, you know, People have been rumoring Barstool might do it. I highly doubt that the Bills will go for that. Um, I really don't know a lot of other companies that have the type of money that want to sponsor um, an NFL stadium at this point, particularly. So we, um, we'll have to keep looking for that. Once you know some maybe leaks of potential sponsors come out, I'll definitely be having that as a topic and what you know those potential sponsors would fit in with the Bills organization and kind of the culture that they're trying to build. Um, I did like the thought of New Era Field, but if you ask most people, everyone still refers to it as the Ralph. Um, people have been floating the idea of naming it after, you know, former Bills greats or, you know, doing something with the military veterans, naming it the stadium after that. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. But that's going to do it for this episode. Again, I apologize for no live session today. Um, timing just didn't work out, but I will be rescheduling it for next week. So keep an eye out for that. Um, please follow my Instagram page at English Encore Podcast. I'll be doing a jersey giveaway um, next week at some point or a little bit over a week and a half. Um, whenever the 28th is, um, I'll be doing a giveaway. So keep an eye out for that. Share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever it may be. Continuing to put out content. I'll be back with another episode on Friday. Um, keep an eye out, like I said, later in the week for updates on potential live guests in addition to Matt Bove for next week um, from Channel 7 News to talk some Sabres hockey. Really pick his brain and get some insight of what's going on with Jack Eichel, whether he thinks he will actually request trade, what free agents to look at, things of that nature. Um, I hope everyone goes or enjoyed their weekend and I hope everyone enjoys their week. Hope everyone's staying safe and healthy with coronavirus going on. This has been English Encore Podcast, Buffalo's favorite sports channel.